able to minister to some people, able to minister at Pastor Capuccio's church for a little bit. It was wonderful. Uh, we had revival at church before the wedding. It was just, it was Justin was playing the drums before he got married. He was in church and uh, playing the drums. And good place to be, right? And uh, so the, you know, Pastor Phil asked me to come up and say something before you know it. He said something before you know it. Another pastor got up and said something. And we just had a great time in the Lord. And God really, really moved. Yeah, and it was very faithful. We had a great time. I, uh, funny thing is I got to see my former partner after 25 years. And uh, he was at my brother-in-law's 50th wedding anniversary, and we got to talk. It's been a long time since we've seen each other. He still can't believe where I am. He's, it was uh, <laughs> quite an experience. Because my kids started to talk to him, my children, and he started to say some things, and he said, I better stop. And he stopped. He said, your father was a good cop and a good man. Uh-oh, here she comes. So, uh, <laughs> yeah, Mary, I know you're watching. Well, we had a very busy time. By the way, I love all of you and have missed you all. But I just wanted, there was something that really happened, but it's really prayers. You can pray and pray, and sometimes they don't get an answered for 30 years. And I just hold on because it happens. What happens was, is while we were at my niece's wedding on a Saturday, a couple came up to us and to my husband and began to say, where's your daughter? We want to thank her for telling us about going to my wife because he got saved and his wife wanted to leave him. And she went to him and she told the daughter, I mean the, the wife, that Jesus is the answer and that you need to keep your wedding, and she encouraged her, and they did get back together, and he, they both waited 30 years to thank her for, for getting together and, and for preaching and to keep their marriage together. So now they, in turn, have taken her information, and they're going to take her to church. So now it's the time for her to start moving out again. So God answers prayers, and he begins to do things, and... I think that was just absolutely beautiful. And on top of that, that couple, that guy worked for my brother-in-law in a top position in New York State. So now the gospel is getting all spread through that. So God is good. <laughs> Amen. You know, my, my daughter got touched when she was around 12 years old. I was at a Ben Kinchlow meeting, and she got touched by God. But, you know, circumstances always come along. And now that she's 50 years old, somehow, how many years later, God is really moving. So it was, it was a great time. It was a great time. The guy comes up to me and says, uh, you coached me in baseball when I was 12, 14. I said, oh, man. And he's my brother's chief of staff. So it was <laughs> quite an experience. Amen. Well, this morning I want to minister on a word, uh, peace. Peace. I believe we're living in a world that needs some peace. 
We're in chaos. And uh, it, it's just a short word on leaving it all in God's hands. And we have to do that by faith. And to have peace, you need to have faith to leave it in God's hands. Because a lot of times we want to do it ourselves. But peace. And we all know that we really need to leave everything in God's hands. But we also know that it will take a great deal of faith to do that. Amen? Especially if you're really uh, an ex-policeman like me and some other people here who think they could do some things, you know, in their own hands or if you, maybe you're well-educated and you think you can do that or you know finances and you think you can handle the financial situation, <clears throat> a lot of times we just need to leave it in God's hands. But we know that where faith is at work, peace is the result. Okay? And he gives amazing peace in every, every season of life. He gives us amazing peace. Now, peace is a state of fulfillment, completeness, and wholeness in every area of your life. And that is built on faith and found only in Christ. It's found only in Christ and living in the presence of God, which is affecting your entire life, your health, your relationships, your emotions, your finances. Peace, saints, is having an inner place of rest, security, and trust. If I have peace in my life, then I can trust some things that I'm going to do. I have that security that whatever I put in God's hands, He's going to do. Amen? We have to have that. And peace... And this, let me tell you something, we have a lot of people who need this. We need peace is freedom from anxiety. Peace is freedom from worry, fear, and you know what? Vain imaginations. We need to have peace for vain imaginations because we can have vain imaginations. Peace is to sit down in one's heart while the world is standing in chaos around you. We have to have peace in our heart because this world is in chaos. Just absolute chaos. There's anger out there. There's, 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 there's all kinds of things going on in the streets. Just read the newspapers and see what's happening. Peace leaves all in God's hands. Peace is letting go and trusting all in God's hands and knowing that he will make all things right. Peace hears. Peace obeys. It obeys all that God says with faith and trust. And then he leaves all in God's hands for him to work. So we need to have peace and faith and leave it in God's hands, and we need to trust them. Amen? Amen? Peace and faith. Peace and faith equal where faith is at work, peace is the result. Amen. 
Where faith is at work, peace is the result. In Luke 8, 48, Jesus said to her, daughter, be of good cheer. Your faith has made you well. Now go in peace. He healed her and then he said, now go in peace. Because why? Your faith has made you whole. How many know without exception, everyone will experience storms? You may experience a mild storm. You may experience a strong storm. You may experience a hazardous storm. Or you may experience a severe storm. But we all will experience some storms in life. But how many know our anchor in the storms is the peace of God? that surpasses all understanding and allows us to say, it is well with my soul. It is well with my soul. Peace has come in the person and work of Christ. Peace that opens or shut doors and releases our fears. Peace that says, Jesus I want you to draw near to me. I want you to abide in me. And I want you to burden me. Peace that surpasses all understanding. In Luke 17, 5, it states, And the apostles said to the Lord, Jesus, increase our faith. Increase our faith. You see, we need to recognize our hopelessness and our needs. And we need to ask the Lord to increase our faith. Because saints, hopelessness united with faith produces prayer. How many know when you're in that hopeless situation and you say, man, I really need, I really need Jesus to help me. I'm going to put my faith in it. You're going to get down on your knees and you're going to start praying. Hopelessness united with faith produces prayer. It says, it is not my strength. It is not my power. It is not my ideas. Without God, I can do nothing. I am hopeless right now. I'm going through something right now. And without you, Lord, I can do nothing. In 2 Corinthians 12, 9 and 10, it says, my favor is all you need. My power works best in your weaknesses. For when I am weak, then I am strong. Saints, we need to decide to let go. We need to decide not to hold on to it. We need to decide to say, God, you take it, I'm going to let go. I know they're going through a problem. I know my son's got this. I know my daughter may have that. I know my husband's going this way. I know this is happening in my life. I know my job is going down the El Tubo. I know my business may be gone, but I'm going to take it and I'm going to put it in your hands, God. Put it in your hands. In your hands. It's not my strength. It's not any of my ideas. It's not my power. It is all you. 
In Matthew 8, 13, Jesus said to the centurion, look what he said to the centurion, go your way, and as you have believed, come on, so let it be done for you. And his servant was healed that same hour. He let it go. God, you got it. My servant's sick in bed. He's going to die. But, Lord, you will do it. There's a story about this man, Sir Wilfred Greenfell. He was a medical missionary in Labrador. And he found himself adrift on an ice floe. And he was headed out to sea. So he mercilessly killed his dogs. He made a coat out of their hides. He put out a distress flag. He laid down and he fell asleep. Later he said, there's nothing to fear. I had done all I could. The rest lay in God's hands. You may be adrift right now. You may be going down the sea with some bad circumstances. God said, put that flag out and go to sleep and say, God, it's in your hands. In Romans 10, 17, so then faith comes by what? Hearing and hearing by the word of God, saints. Faith must be increased in a specific area by concentration on that area by using the word of God, saints. Word of God, prayer, confession, and Holy Spirit activity in that area that needs to be prayed for, that you need to put down. We need to say it. We need to reach for it. We need to confess it, and then things begin to move. So your capacity to receive increases with the nucleus of faith being stretched when you pray it. It gets stretched when you say it. Come on, saints. It gets stretched when you reach for it. It gets stretched when you confess it. And then what happens? Things begin to move. Increase your faith by seeing an area in your life that you will set your faith toward. There's this thing in my life. You know, there's a lot of people walking around with anger. I don't know what the situation could be in somebody's life, but there are a lot of people walking around with anger in their life. They're always angry. And they want to lash out. And they lash out usually at the the person that's the nearest to them. You need to pray. God, take hold of this anger in my life. Take it from me. Lay it down before you. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. You know, the old pastor used to say, whatever dog you feed, that's the one that's going to get up. The one that's going to bite you. You want to feed that dog? That's, uh, that's a nice dog? Okay, you'll be fine. You feed that dog? That's going to... He'll bite you. Increase your faith. Look at that area in your life. Set your faith toward it. And lay it down before the Lord. 
Because that faith will bring God's presence into your circumstances. Faith will put hope into seemingly impossible situations. Faith reaches the darkness of impossibility and says, for with God, nothing, nothing is impossible. Mark eleven twenty two. so Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in who? In God. We need to feed our spirit with faith words. Not, you know, oh, I don't know what's going to happen next. Oh, my God. Oh, look at this. Oh, look, look, the Dow went down. Oh, my God, gas prices just went up again. Oh, my Lord, there's uh, whatever it is that we sequester. Oh, geez. Come on, saints. Come on. John 63, it is the Spirit who gives life. Because the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you are spirit and they are life. Proverbs 8.21 Death and life are in the power of what? Come on, saints. The tongue and those who love it will eat its fruit. You see, words people speak Contain unbelief and doubt or life and faith. That marriage will never work as death. You're going to make it on that job because you got to, that's life. God will supply everything. That's life. Oh my God, the sequester. See, that's death. Oh, Jesus. Have you gone down to the gas station, seen that? Oh, my God. Oh, well, that's death. To contain unbelief or doubt or life and faith. We need to guard what we listen to right now. You need to watch what you listen to on TV. You need to watch what you read in the newspapers. You need to watch. People, you need, we need to be wise. Of what we listen to, what negativity comes in here. Come on. We hear words of faith. You know, somebody goes, well, you know, okay, hallelujah, goodbye. Don't listen to negative dead words. Church people didn't hear that. Oh, I can't go to church. My, uh, come on, you don't know over there. The only thing they're looking for is your money. Well, God, well, just talk about. Dead words. Death. Colossians 3, 6, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly with all wisdom, teaching, and admonishing one another in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Doing what? Singing with grace in your hearts to the Lord. That's how we're supposed to talk to one another. Thou art lovely, my dear. Hallelujah. You know, let's see. What can we sing, Detra? 
Let those who fear you turn to me, those who, those who know your testimonies. Let my heart be blameless. Regarding your sashes, I may not be ashamed. What's so hard about that? I can't even say can I do it. Come on. Because according to Scripture, your mouth is your sword. It's your sword. It's a weapon. It's a tool. And some people really know how to use it. Come on. Come on. They really know how to use it. When you speak, you give life to whatever you say. To whatever you say. He'll never amount to nothing. He'll never be nothing. Forget about it. So, people, when you talk to your children, don't ever say that. You'll never make it. God. <laughs> you're a man of God or you're a woman of God. Hallelujah. I'll pray for you. Hallelujah. Glory to God. I still have a relationship with students today. Come on, Jean Marie. You know what I'm talking about. They were at the wedding. Because we laid hands on them on their backs. And we would say, you're a man of God. You're a woman of God. Am I true? You how old? 15, 16. You're a man of God, a woman of God, and they're serving God today. Some of them may not be the best Christians, but they love God. That's all I know. You're a man of God. You're a woman of God. God has great plans for you. You to speak life or death. God wants you to speak life into things that appear dead because you have the ability to do that. Because your life, saints, is the sum total of the words you have spoken. It's the sum total of the words you've spoken, your life, your whole life. It's what you speak. Either negative things about your life or either positive things about your life. Your words are so powerful they can lead into a victory or a defeat. Your words have creative power, just like God's words. Because Psalm 45.1, my tongue is the pen of a ready writer. Now, how many know, you may say, well, you know, letting go is passive. But how many know letting go is not passive faith? It's not passive faith. Oh, you know, gonna let go. No, that's not passive faith. Because Luke 17, 5 says this. And the apostles said to the Lord, increase our faith. Increase it. Increase your faith. Activate your faith. You know how? By getting out of the boat. We need to get out of the boat. And we know that in Mark 14, uh, Jesus said, come. And when Peter had come out of the boat, he did what? He walked on water to go to Jesus. He got out of the boat. See, it's the way true faith develops. You have to move. 
You have to get up. You have to get out. You got to make the emotion. You got to make the motion to get the emotion. You got to move. Come on. You have to break out of the routine. Faith develops as I start moving towards it. As I start working towards it. As I start sharing good things with my kids or whoever I may be sharing with. That's how faith starts to develop. You have to see things differently, saints. In order to act differently, I want you see. Activate your faith by responding to faith commands. Matthew 12, 13, then he said to the man, stretch out your hand. The man had a withered hand. And Jesus could have taken the hand and he could have pulled it up. But he didn't do that, did he? He says, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and it was restored as whole as his other hand. He had to make the move. And he had this hand like that. He went, Jesus said, stretch out your hand. I went, come on. I'm going to touch him. Just like the woman who touched the hand of his hand. I'm going to touch him. And gosh. Taking hold of faith is an active action, not a passive acceptance. It takes it to one's hands and possesses, taking hold of the promises and standing on the ground of faith. He stretched out his head. God, I'm going to be healed. I'm going to be able to touch my child again. I'm going to be able to move my arm again. I'm going to be able. And he stretched it out. Hebrews 4.14, seeing then that we have a great high priest who has passed through the heavens, Jesus is Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. Hebrews 10.23, let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering for he who promised is what? Faithful. Mark 11.22, Jesus answered and said to them, have faith in God, therefore I say to you, whatever things... You ask when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you know what? You will have them. Come on, saints. Mark 9, 23. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible, to him who what? Believes. Hallelujah. Taking hold of faith is a confessing and declaring the Word of God by planting the Word as seed into the ground of faith. When I use a, 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 a positive word, it plants a seed. When the Word of God plants a seed in the faith, saints. Because Jesus said it in Matthew 21, Most assuredly I say to you, if you have faith, and do not doubt, you will not only do what was done to the fig tree, but also you say to this mountain, be removed and be cast into the sea, and it will be done. A seed word. 
How many have a seed word that they got to plant in faith? Come on. We all should have a seed word. Seed word. A seed word is exercising our measure of faith. Come on. Our measure of faith through our words of confession. Come on. Words of the scriptures. Words of faith. I'm just open. My soul clings to the Revive me according to your word. Oh, come on, God. Let me play. Revive me. I am down. I am cast. I just opened that up. I am cast. Revive me according to your word. And that goes into the seed, goes into that faith. You have to believe for it. No matter how small our words may seem, you know what? They can germinate and produce faith fruit. I got two uh, stories here. A.B. Simpson, who was a great preacher a long time ago, said this, Faith will die without confession. Just as a positive, godly confession can work mightily to stir the faith and accomplish God's purposes, so also negative attitudes, words, and thought can hinder the exercise of faith and the receiving of God's promises. Listen to what Oswald Chambers said. Exercise your faith by your say-so. I may try and make myself believe a hundred and one things, but it will never be mine until I say so. If I say with, my, with myself what I believe and confess it with my mouth, I am lifted into the dominion of that thing. Speaking forth what we believe helps to make our faith airborne. Now, you know what? Oswald Chambers, he wrote 34 books. But he only wrote one that went out. He only wrote one that was published. Believe it or not. His wife, who took notes of every one of his lectures, spent the next 30 years after his death comprising his notes into all the rest of the books. So he was seeding words of faith that went on for years and years and years and years. Saints, leaving all in God's hands is a position of trust this morning. Amen? Leaving all in God's hands takes an attitude of courage to do that. I'll leave you with three or four scriptures here this morning. Psalm 9:10, And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. That's number one. Psalm 37, 5. Commit your way to the Lord. Trust also in him, and he shall bring it to pass. Come on. How many believe that? Proverbs 3, 5. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, and lean not unto your own understanding, saints.
And Isaiah 26, 4, trust in the Lord forever, for in Yah, the Lord is everlasting strength. How many have been going through some things and they need to put it in God's hands? Michael, would you come up? Oh, here you are. See, I, I thought by faith you would come up and you did. Oh. <laughs> Hallelujah. How many have been going through some things this week or maybe and you just need to put it in God's hands? Come on, let's, let's be truthful one together. I, I have, so I'm going to lift my hands. And we're going to pray this morning. That's it. Hallelujah. We're all going to pray this morning. Let's pray some, some faith words that really God is going to, whatever the situation is in your life, just say it right now. Father God, we come before you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I lift up that situation. You can name that situation right now to yourself. And Lord, I'm going to put it in your hands this morning. Father God, I'm going to get out of the boat. And I'm going to believe by faith that you're going to take care of it. I don't know how, I don't, may not understand how you're going to do it, but I know that you will do it for me. So, Lord, I thank you in advance for the touch that you got, whether it's a healing, a job. Lord, I thank you in advance that you have answered this prayer. And I give you all the glory and all the honor in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen. Let's give the Lord a praise offering. Hallelujah. Let's stand to our feet this morning.